This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. Topic of today's podcast, the number monkeys are ruining education. The number monkeys screech on and on about accountability. So let's talk about accountability. Most would agree that teachers should be accountable for what goes on in their classroom. But the number monkeys insist that teachers be held accountable only for standardized test scores. These scores have little to do with what teachers actually do in the classroom, what they do, or how much learning takes place. Yet, the number monkeys would use these as a form of quality control in an educational assembly line. They would use them to assess the effectiveness of schools and teachers. What is never reported or discussed is the fact that the most significant variable affecting students' performance on these standardized tests are not curriculum or approaches or methodology or teachers' pedagogical strategy. Rather, it's the parents' level of education and the social economic status. Yet, these standardized test scores are made public and used to justify important educational decisions under the guise of teacher accountability. Like doctors and lawyers, teachers should not be held accountable for particular outcomes. Instead, they should be accountable only for engaging in the best professional practice. Best practices are those validated strategies and research-based approaches that have been shown to be effective in enhancing learning. These are strategies and approaches that can be flexibly applied in a variety of situations. They include such things as cooperative learning, providing choice and time for pleasure reading, embedding thinking skills within content areas, allowing teachers to make decisions related to teaching and learning, using homework as practice and not a measuring device, teaching the process of writing instead of only the mechanics. Yet the number monkeys ask for report cards to be issued for each school for stronger accountability. The number monkeys create report cards that only contain test scores. Now, if stronger accountability and more accurate dissemination of information related to the effectiveness of a school are indeed the goals, a report card for that school should include the following. It should include the number of students per classroom. A report card for schools should include the number of books per student in the classroom, the number of books per student in the school library, the square foot of space per student, the number and type of professional development opportunities given to students, uh, to, to teachers. That should be on a school's report card. Daily preparation time for teachers. Teacher empowerment in regard to educational decisions. The number and type of validated research-based strategies used by the school or the classroom. The number and type of validated research-based strategies used by teachers in their classroom the number and type of student products and performances unrelated to test scores or grades used to describe learning, 
or the number and type of educational books, academic journal articles, and educational research read by lawmakers, school board members, administrators, governors, commissioners of education, and other decision makers. Yes, put in this context, standardized test scores could reasonably be included as one of many criteria used to describe a school's overall functioning, but not simply test scores. <clears throat> Beware of the fallacy of numbers. The number monkeys use only numbers derived from standardized tests to assign the worth or value of an educational experience. However, the work of Robert Sternberg and Howard Gardner show that these tests measure only a small part of what intelligence might be. Hence, they offer a very incomplete view of learners and learning. Using only standardized test scores to measure the quality of an educational experience also reinforces the notion that all our students should be high-numbered students. <clears throat> High-numbered students become like star-bellied sneetches in the Doctor Seuss story who are seen as better than low-number students who are the plain-belly sort. So we bring in Sylvester McMonkey McBean and the fix-it-up chappy. We spend millions of dollars sending students to special learning centers, buying the latest untested magic bullet of the month or program of the month, or giving low-number students more low-level skills instruction. Yet all the number-monkeying nonsense does nothing to change or enhance the quality of education. The same processes are used if you only focus on number monkeying nonsense. The number monkeys would see public schools as learning factories where all students enter at one end of the machine and exit at the other. In between this learning factory and in this conveyor belt, an identified set of standardized parts are added at predetermined times. Test scores are used as a form of quality control. While this is a very good model for creating automobiles, it's not so good for developing caring, intelligent, self-actualized human beings. Sadly, this limited view is one held by the general public, by the number monkeys, as well as decision makers in education. Education is seen as something you do to students instead of something students do. All learning is externally derived and evaluated. In this number monkey world, teachers become measurers instead of educators. Standardized tests become a form of quality control to hold schools and teachers, quote, accountable. Now here's another bit of number monkey nonsense. The number monkeys want all students to have numbers that are at or above grade level average. But it misses, this misses a very important fundamental fact about averages. Averages are average. This means they are halfway between one end and the other. With averages, there are always some below average and some above average. 
all are aligned in a pretty little bell-shaped curve used to describe this lovely distribution of scores. While it's good to insist on high standards, if every student reads at grade level average, pretty soon average is below average and above average is average as our bell-shaped curve continues to shift dangerously to the right. Finally, describing students or their learning simply in terms of numbers is one-dimensional, not very accurate, and certainly not very humane. These test scores do not value or describe creativity, imagination, intuition, emotion, compassion, curiosity, playful exploration, and silent thinking time. These are entities and traits that have led to humankind's greatest innovations. Instead, students' learning could be more accurately described by their ability to use knowledge and skills to create products or solve real-world problems. This is a view of learning that is consistent with Howard Gardner's definition of intelligence. As well, multiple criteria should be used to describe the quality of education taking place in a school. This means that standardized tests, along with other types of products or performances, should be used to evaluate, assess, and describe the process of education. Now let's look at factory models and business paradigms. The number monkey's conception of education is built upon a rigid, outdated factory model. In these number monkey educational factories, students step onto a 13-year conveyor belt in kindergarten and progress slowly forward, moving in lines and lockstep with all the other widgets and gizmos until they reach the end. Standards become synonymous with standardization as the same parts are added at the same places for every widget, gizmo, and student. The high-numbered widget gizmos and students are given a few more parts and put on a conveyor belt that might be going a little faster. Some widgets, gizmos, and students that are said to have learning disabilities are put on a slower conveyor belt and given fewer parts, but essentially it's the same, the same, the same. The number monkeys want privatization of our public schools. This would enable them to identify some schools as failing schools based solely on standardized test scores. Parents in this number monkey world would then have the option of moving their students to successful schools based solely on test scores. This number monkey privatization innovation is built upon a business paradigm by business thinking people. The untested hypothesis in this number monkey world is that all the happy, successful schools would grow and prosper, while all the bad, failing schools would disappear someplace. This reasoning, if you want to call it reasoning, is that this system seems to work well with Walmart schools and McDonald's burger joints and Quickie Mart convenience scores, so it must, therefore, work equally well with schools. With competition, the successful prosper and the unsuccessful fade away, or so they say. 
However, while this paradigm may work well in a business world where profits are the bottom line, it does not transfer to education where the bottom line is people. If we want fundamental change in the quality of education, then we must focus on the quality of education. A novel thought, yes. We need to take a qualitative look at the teaching methodologies and curriculums that are used in schools and classrooms and make changes in the way we do education. All the number monkeying in the world does nothing to address the quality of education. It does not change how we go about the business of educating our children. Instead, this number monkey nonsense promotes a test and measure mentality that serves only to create winners and losers. Beware of the number monkeys. They are ruining education.